Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. I'm David Westerling. We are joined once again this week by our very special contributor, Larry Summers of Harvard. Larry, thanks so much for being with us. We have to start with those wow, as some people are calling them, jobs numbers that came out, way above expectation. What did you make of them? Look, the economy's been surprising on the upside for a while, so I was surprised, not shocked, that the job numbers uh, came in that way. It was a pretty broadly strong report. Household survey, business uh, survey, wage numbers, especially given that the weather was pretty bad in January in many parts of the country, which probably held the numbers down below what would have been their normal level. And what that suggests is that despite the interest rate hikes of the Fed, there's a lot of strength uh, in uh, the economy. My instinct is that that is telling you, as I've been saying for some time on your show, David, that some combination of a higher neutral rate is the world we're living in, and possibly, quite possibly, spending has become less interest-sensitive over time because there's less housing in the economy relative to GDP because durable goods are less durable and so long-lived than they used to be because there's more flow of income to, ha to the rest of the economy from larger government debts and that makes interest rates operate in uh, the other direction. So I think what we've learned is that what we might have thought would be substantially restrictive monetary policy based on the magnitude of the interest rate hikes really wasn't. Well, and we heard from the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen this week saying she's not sure that the interest rates, the long-term interest rates will come back down. They may remain elevated in part because of how robust the economy is. We also heard the Fed Chair Jay Powell say his concern isn't so much about reacceleration of inflation, but it just won't come all the way down. On the other hand, despite the wage increases, productivity is at high levels right now. I just checked, and I think it's like 3.2% right now. Might that save us? The answer is yes, yes, and yes. I welcome Secretary Yellen's recognition that given uh, prospective budget deficits, given prospective increases in uh, investment demand, we really don't know where neutral uh, interest rates are going to be. I'll be interested in seeing what's in the administration forecast when uh, it comes out. I think one would want to be guessing that uh, Treasury bill rates will be averaging well above 3% uh, through the rest of this decade. Larry, we talked with your economist colleague, Paul Krugman, this week about inflation and what we should have expected. And he admitted that he actually underestimated the issue of inflation. He thought it would not be as big and last as long. And he sort of called you up by name saying he thought you'd stayed too long on the old models, that you hadn't appreciated that this was really a once-in-a-lifetime experience with the pandemic and the shutdown of the supply. What do you have to say about that? Do you, in retrospect, did you overpredict the need for unemployment to get inflation down? 
look, I think we're having a softer landing uh, than I would have expected uh, so far. We'll see how inflation settles out, but we are having that. I think Paul tends to attribute it to a whole set of stuff on the supply side. I see the largest fiscal stimulus by far since World War II. I see nominal GDP growth rising in double digits. I see an economy that gives evidence of booming and gave evidence of booming before the supply stuff was fixed. And so I think demand is a pretty big part of uh, the story. But yes, the outcome has been more benign than those of us who drew the implications from standard models predicted. I think if you look back, we recognize that there was enormous um, uncertainty. But yes, things did come back in a way that was more favorable than standard models would have expected, though I'm much less prepared to declare that it's all over. We have not yet landed uh, this plane. No one, to my knowledge, thinks the kind of job growth we've seen over this month or over the last uh, quarter is medium term sustainable. And that means, and no one thinks we're all the way back to 2% inflation on a durable basis. And so that means that there are still issues around the landing. Larry, we also talked to Paul Krugman about what happened in the 1990s. You were in the administration at the time. Because we talked about whether there was a need to really address the debt and deficit, something that was done with the 93 Clinton Budget Reconciliation Act. And he surprised me, at least, by saying he didn't think that the growth we had in the 90s was attributed to that at all. There really was a matter of, of technology coming online for businesses. Uh, we've talked to you about that before. What's your take on what really happened in the 1990s and the relationship between that 93 Act and the tax increases and spending cuts on the one hand and growth on the other. Look, there's no question that the economy hit good fortune from technology in the 1990s, and that's an important part of the story. But you know, when you bring down capital costs, that's when people tend to take a longer view. That's when there's more investment in uh, technology. That produces growth, and I think what those of us who were in the Clinton administration always felt was that by cutting interest rates, you could turn a vicious cycle of high capital costs and low investment into a virtuous circle of lower capital costs, more investment, more growth, lower deficits, and the cycle goes round again. And I think you can never replay history, but gosh, I think if we had failed to act strongly with respect to the deficit in 1993, I don't think we would have seen the kind of economic miracle that happened uh, in the 1990s. At the same time, look, I think on shows like this, people in uh, markets, do have a tendency to put all the emphasis on the short-run tools of monetary and fiscal policies, and it's a mistake 
to recognize structure and technology as driving forces of what happens in the economy. And I think in that area, the Clinton administration was fortunate in just what was happening in the private sector, but also whether it was telecommunications, whether it was the approach that was taken uh, to the internet, acted wisely in creating an environment that made it very attractive for the private sector to invest. And in all honesty, I think there are important lessons from that moderate progressive approach uh, for policy going forward. Larry, thank you so very much. That's Larry Summers, our very special contributor here on Wall Street Week. He's from Harvard. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.